0: Chapter 13 of Old Town Folks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Crystal Rogers. Old Town Folks by Harriet Beecher Stowe. Chapter 13 The Empty Bird's Nest. The next morning showed as brilliant a getting up of gold and purple as ever belonged to the toilet of a morning. There was to be seen from Miss Aphyxia's bedroom window a brave sight, if there had been any eyes to enjoy it. A range of rocky cliffs with little pin feathers of black pine upon them, and behind them the sky all aflame with bars of massy light, orange and crimson and burning gold, and long bright rays darting hither and thither, touched now the window of the farmhouse, which seemed to kindle and flash back a morning salutation now they hid a tall scarlet maple and now they pierced between clumps of pine making their black edges flame with gold and all over in the brightening sky stood the morning star like a great tremulous tear of light just ready to fall in a darkened world not a bit of all this saw miss Aphyxia, though she had looked straight out at it her eyes and the eyes of the cow who with her horned front were serenely gazing out of the barn window on the same prospect were equally unreceptive she looked at all this solemn pomp of gold and purple and the mysterious star and only said, Good day for killing the hog, and I must be up getting on the brass kettle. I should like to know why Saul ain't been a-stirring an hour ago. I'd really like to know how long folks would sleep if I'd let em Here an indistinct vision came into Miss Aphyxia's mind of what the world would be without her to keep it in order. She called aloud to her prying minster, who slept in the loft above. Saul! Saul! You awake? Yes, I'll be, said Saul, and a thundering cloud of cowhide boots on the stairs announced that Saul's matutinal toilet was complete. We're late this morning, said Miss Aphyxia, in a tone of virtuous indignation. Never knowed the time when we weren't late, said Saul composedly. You thump on their child's door and tell her to be lively, said Miss Aphyxia. Yes, I will, said Saul, while secretly he was indulging in a long and low chuckle. For Saul had been party to the fact that the nest of that young bird had been for many hours forsaken. He had instructed the boy what road to take and bade him walk spry and he would be out of the parish of Needmore before daybreak. Walk on then and follow the road along the river, said Saul, and it'll bring you to old town where our folks be. You can't miss your victuals, and drink any day in old town. Call it what house you may and if's used to get into deacon badgers why yer fortin's made the deacon he's a soft-spoken man to everybody white folk niggers and indians and Man badger keeps regular poor man's tavern and won't turn even a dog away that behaves himself he couldn't light on wuss of what ye lit on for old crap's possessed of a devil everybody knows and as for miss Aphyxia, she's one of the kind of spirits that goes walkin through dry places seekin rest and findin none lord Massy. An old gal like her ain't nobody to bring up a child. It takes a woman that's got juice in her to do that, while that ain't critter's drier than a two-year-old mullin' stock. There ain't no sap rising her these there thirty years. She means well, but lordy, you might just as well give young turkey chicks to the old gobbler and let them stram off the mallin' grass with em, as give a delicate little gal like your sister to her to raise so you just go along and keep up your courage like a brave boy as you be, and you'll come to something by daylight. And Saul added to these remarks a minced pie with a rye crust of peculiarly solid texture, adapted to resist any of the incidents of time and travel which Pie had been set out as part of his own last night's supper. When, therefore, he was exhorted to rap on the little girl's door, he gave sundry, noisy, gleeful thumps, pounding with both fists and alternating with a rhythmical kick of the cowhide boots calling out in stentorian tones come on, little un time to use up miss is coming down on you better be lively bless me how the gal sleeps don't take the door off the hinges said miss Fixia, sweeping downstairs let me come i'll wake her up i guess with a dipper of cold water in hand miss Fixia burst into the little room What? "'Where?' she said, looking under the bed and over and around with a dazed expression. "'What's this mean? Do you tell if the child's really for once got up herself afore I call her. Saul, so see if she's out picking up chips.' Saul opened the door and gazed out with well-affected stolidity at the woodpile, which, garnished with a goodly show of large chips, was now being touched up and brightened by the first rays of the morning sun. "'Ain't here,' he said. "'Ain't here. Why, where can she be, then?' There ain't nobody swallowed her, I suppose, and if anybody's run off with her in the night, I guess they'd bring her back by daylight. She must have run off, said Saul. Run? Where could she a run to? Maybe she's gone to her brother's. I bet you, said Miss Aphyxia, is that air boy that's the bottom of it all. You may always know that there's a boy at the bottom when there's any deviltry up. He was here yesterday, now wasn't he? Well, I reckon he was, said Saul, but massey Miss Fixia, if the pig's to be killed to-day we can't stand the talking about what you nor me can't help if the child's gone why well, she's somewhere in the lord's world and it's likely she'll keep she won't melt away like the manna in the wilderness and when the pigs is killed and the pork salted down and got out of the way it'll be time enough to think of looking on her up she won't no great actual use and with kettles of hot water round it's just as well not to have a child under your feet if she got scalded well, that's your time of taking care and maybe a doctor to pay, so it's just as well that things be as they be. I call it kind of providential, said Saul, giving a hoist to his breeches by means of a tug at his suspenders, which gesture was his usual indication that he was girding up the loins of his mind for an immediate piece of work, and turning forthwith, he brought in a mighty armful of wood, with massive backlog and stick, well grizzled and bearded with the moss that showed that they were but yesterday living children of the forest. The fire soon leaped and crackled and roared, being well fed with choice split hickory sticks of last year, of which Saul kept ample store, and very soon the big brass kettle was swung over upon the old iron crane, and the sacrificial water was beginning to simmer briskly, while Miss Aphyxia prepared breakfast, not only for herself and Saul, but for Primus King, a vigorous old negro, famed as a sort of high priest in all manner of butchering operations for miles around, Primus lived in the debatable land between Old Town and Needmore, and so was at the call of all who needed an extra hand in both parishes the appearance of primus at the gate in his butcher's frock knife in hand in fact put an end in miss Aphyxia's mind to all thoughts apart from the present eventful crisis and she hastened to place upon the table the steaming sausages which with her usual dispatch had been put down for their morning meal a mighty pitcher of cider flanked the savoury dish to which primus rolled delighted eyes at the moment of sitting down the time had not yet dawned in those simple old new england days when the black skin of the african was held to disqualify him from a seat at the social board with the men whom he joined in daily labor the strength of the arm and the skill of the hand and the willingness of the mind of the workmen in those days were his passport to equal social rights an old primus took rank in the butchering season as in fact a sort of leader and commander his word was law upon all steps and stages of those operations which should transform the plethoric obese inhabitants of the sty into barrels of pink-hued salt pork or savoury hams and tenderloins and spare ribs or immense messes of sausage meat concerning all these matters primus was an oracle his fervid ethiopian nature glowed with a broad and visible delight his black face waxed luminous with the oil of gladness, while he dwelt on the savory subject whereon, sitting at breakfast, he dilated with an unctuous satisfaction that soothed the raven down of darkness in Miss Asphyxia's perturbed mind till something bearing a distant analogy to a smile played over her rugged features. End of chapter 13. Recording by Crystal Rogers.